0: And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now here's Anthony and Casey.!
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're gonna have some fun today. Uh, we're gonna share a fall food and wine uh, bucket list event. Casey, uh, you'll be wearing Whistler.
2: Yes, I'll be in Whistler.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go to the Science World
2: Center. That's
1: nuts. I know. <laughs> Maybe we should switch. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about some other events, so stick around for that. Then uh, we'll speak with Charlie uh, Bessler. He's a winemaker managing partner at Corselettes. We're going to get a real harvest update. We're going to talk a bit about what's been happening weather-wise and how it affects picking the grapes. And we're also going to ask him uh, who inspires him in the wine business. He gives us a great answer and then the watermark beach resort casey uh adair scott the chef he's preparing for fall i believe
2: he is and tony he gives you a great simple dessert recipe
1: using fall apples apples, which are in season now Uh, in fact i'm heading up to the okanagan so i'm going to be buying some apples i love those ambrosias coming up next is phil McGann. Uh, Phil's a good friend of ours. He's the winemaker at Checkmate Winery down on the Golden Mile Bench, and we're going to get an update on the construction there, when the restaurant and winery will finally reopen in a new form. Uh, Of course, they're in that fabulous uh, windowed room for the moment, but uh, there'll be a new winery there by the spring. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network presented in part by
3: Wines
0: of British Columbia at Save-On Foods.
3: The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save-On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save-On Foods locations. For special offers in store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. To fully appreciate the Okanagan in autumn, visit Tin Creek Vineyards during their fall harvest. Settle into a relaxing tasting experience amid the stunning vistas of the valley. For something really unique, watch all the crush pad action from their public viewing gallery while enjoying a glass of wine. Take in a tour and grab a bite at their award-winning Mirodoro restaurant to complete a perfect fall day in wine country. Get a crush on Tinhorn Creek. For more information or upcoming events, visit Tinhorn.com. The upper bench of B.C. Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here. Nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos Winery surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small artisanal winemaking they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect their unique land you can find Clos Sole wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at closdesoleil.ca
0: now back to BC Food and Wine Radio here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson. Uh,
1: We're heading up to the South Okanagan today to the restaurant at Watermark. Of course, the Watermark Beach Resort, our home away from home when we're in the South Okanagan, and we're catching up with Chef Adair Scott. Adair, how are you today?
4: I'm fantastic, Tony. Thanks. How are you guys?
1: We're really good, and uh, well, we're excited about uh, fall. I guess the harvest is winding up, but it's still a great time of the year in the Okanagan. Uh, the crisp morning air, uh, and for you, I think you—it's—it's uh, it's a whole new change of food.
4: That's right. It's a whole new kind of chapter in our season, and it's kind of where we start again, working overtime, taking advantage of. All of the Okanagan kind of has to offer, um, you know. Yes, peaches and cherries, unfortunately, are done. Yeah. But, you know, it's new things. Squash, the apples are here. Um, we're doing, I got my guys doing tons of gardening in the herb garden. We're drying things for the wintertime, stuff like that.
2: You know, we had Manny Ferron on from uh, Tinhorn Creek Miradora, and he said something really interesting. When I asked him what are three tips that you would give people going into the restaurant industry, And he said, bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And Adair, when you talk about putting herbs, you know, drying them, that type of thing, I know when I have a dinner, I spend way too much money. Like, it's nothing to spend $200, $250 for eight people. But you have got to be really conscious of not just serving good food, but the costs of it.
4: That's absolutely right. Yeah, and by growing our own, we cut costs a lot there. Um, and then at this time of the year, kind of lots of the farmers and lots of the people we work with are kind of in that scramble mode as the weather kind of goes down too. So if you take advantage and have like grow some good relationships with people, then you're kind of taking more than you need now, but figure out a way to kind of preserve it for the winter. Well, you
2: said something really interesting that at home you use Thanksgiving as a way to get most of the cooking ready for Christmas dinner. That's, I want to hear yeah. about
4: that. So this I, this is on my easy living, I call it my tricks as being a chef. So what my trick is because, one, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because there's no presents, there's no foo-foo, it's just food. Exactly. So there's just food and friends, so for exactly. me, it's my favorite. So can, you can just focus on cooking for Thanksgiving, and then, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, and it's full of presents, and it's, it's more chaos. So what I do is I kind of, you know, when I make, for example, when I make pumpkin pie for home for Thanksgiving— I'll make two and then I'll put one in the freezer and, you know, it'll be fine for Christmas time. Or my same thing with my cranberry sauce, freeze is great or I'll jar it and can it. And then I got it ready for Christmas. Things like that. Anything you can do. When I make my soup for Thanksgiving, for example, I'll freeze some for Christmas time. So my Christmas prep is kind of cut in half, so I can spend more time with the family and the other ones.
1: Chef, uh, it's a uh, it, it's a new fall menu now at the Watermark at the restaurant. Or
4: new fall menu? Yeah, you bet. Launches today, actually. Wow. Um, so okay. we kind of get away from that uh, summer. Unfortunately, you know, I think. A couple of weeks ago were the last tomatoes that came out of the farm. So now we're looking more against squash, apples, things, more comfort food. We have a nice lentil chili with brisket and uh, polenta fries and kind of that more stick to your rib kind of feeling food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so slightly richer wines can be had at meals now for
4: the next few months. That's right. Now it's my time of the year. Bring out those big reds for me.
1: <laughs> have you got a favorite uh, wine that you like coming out of the Okanagan or a style?
4: Um, I don't. Um, I'm kind of one of those things. Like as a chef, I think about it as um, you know. It sounds a little bit off, but it's it's grape juice to me, and it's really good grape juice. Um, I don't pretend to know a lot of a lot about it. I have you know Ron Arsonale here looks after me very well. So um, no, I just like some good reds, and we have too much for me to pick. It's like asking one of which is my favorite
1: children sometimes. Oh, that was a very good answer. Uh, Our guest is is Adair Scott. He's the chef at the Watermark Beach uh, Resort, the restaurant at Watermark, in fact, uh, wine bar, restaurant, and patio. Uh, Great place to stay if you're up there for the weekend now. I kind of love going up to the Okanagan now. The crowds are gone away. And you can really sort of uh, hunker down, go for a hike, uh, maybe, maybe even do some hunting, Casey. Are you up for that?
2: No, oh, I would love to go hunting with you. I've gone <laughs> duck hunting. Adair, what do you do?
4: <laughs> That's what I do. I'm, uh, I'm actually, after I get off with you, I'm uh, taking a few days off myself, and I'll be uh, out in the forest for the next couple of days hunting for everything and trying to stock the freezer up for home myself.
2: Wow. So do you go to a duck blind?
4: Um, I don't because I have to walk because being a chef, my attention span is about three minutes, and <laughs> I can't sit for longer than five. So those duck blinds don't work for me. But I definitely like to get out there, and hike around. It's, they're just so gorgeous around here right now. The sun's out. There's no snow up in the mountains yet. So
1: yeah, will you be looking for mushrooms too?
4: Um, if I can find them, and then yeah, luckily with some of the some of the guys I purchased mushrooms from, they're great to have in your back pocket because I'm. Again, I'll find some that I know and then some that you don't know if you should touch, but I can just send a quick photo, and I have some guys in my back pocket that they tell me not to touch those ones.
2: And Adair, as the weather gets colder, what's in your crock pot at home?
4: In my crock pot at home, it's always full of stews and soups, but usually what we'll do is um, once, once the really cold weather comes in, my wife and I like to have some apple cider in the crock pot most days on the weekends. So especially with all the fresh apples right now, so I'll do some apples and some cinnamon, nutmeg, I like a little bit of lemon and orange in it for me, and then that kind of just rolls on the on the crockpot. It sit there for a couple of days, on warm. It's lovely.
2: That's fair. that's a great idea. It is. I it love is. you, and then you
4: don't need you don't need to burn incense or scented candles when you have that going. Yeah.
2: No, that's a very good point.
1: <laughs> I, I love the thought of the fresh apples. What 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 can I do with uh, apples for dessert? Something simple uh, if I'm at home and uh, I'm not a fantastic uh, chef, but I want to want to experience some fresh apples.
4: Yeah, um, the, yeah. Nice little thing I tell people to do that doesn't take a lot of work is peel an apple, um, rub it in some brown sugar and cinnamon, put it in a little pot, cover it with a little bit of apple juice, and just bake it till it's nice and soft. And then once it's baked, you can just slice it up, serve it with some ice cream, and it's about five <laughs> minutes of prep, about fifteen minutes in the oven, and you're you're yeah. laughing. Does it
1: matter what kind of apple, or do you
4: have a? Um, For for any baked ones, I like to use kind of a Granny Smith or something like that that has a little bit of sourness to it. Um, Once it's baked, it kind of brings out the sweetness. Um, But really, it's kind of preference. Everyone will always have their secret, their favorite variety for what they're doing. Yes, every different chef likes a different one.
2: And have you ever tried hard apple cider?
4: Hard apple cider is on my bucket list of homemade to do. I'll be honest, I've tried to brew some beer at home before, and I've made some pretty awful beer. So I will now. This this is the winter. I'm going to try to uh, take a crack at some hard apple cider. And dear, you have an
2: executive sommelier. Maybe you could ask him. Maybe he might know. But
4: maybe, maybe. yeah.
2: I've never heard of an executive sommelier before. I read <laughs>
1: it online. Well, it's higher than a sommelier, I think.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, don't don't
4: don't tell him. <laughs> no,
2: and uh, tell us his name.
4: His name's Ron. He's a great guy.
2: Would he focus on uh, mostly wines from, would you say, the south on your menu?
4: Um, I think he focuses again. He built, He loves working with the smaller um, wineries, which is great, and building relationships, which I think is so important here at the hotel. Um, we like to develop relationships and we can tell stories and create experiences for guests.
1: One of the things that interests me now is, and I've been learning more about this, I didn't know that much about uh, what people are calling snowbird rentals, but apparently a lot of uh, Western Canadians are coming to the South Okanagan for the winter now and staying staying for a month or five months, uh, in fact, uh, to get away from the cold weather, but without going down south, you know, into the heat uh, that's kind of interesting have you have, are you uh, f- are you involved in any of that or working with that
4: yeah that that's a huge market for us in the winter time um, I would say 60 to 70 percent of our stays here at the resort are mostly snowbirds uh, which becomes great because some of them stay for like you said a month five months you start to get to know these people wow. some have been returning for the you know the five years that I've been here so you kind of anticipate their return every year. You know them by name and it kind of creates a nice little, almost a cute little community feel in the resort. Yeah.
2: And we've got about a minute left, but what plans do you have for the holiday parties at the Watermark Resort?
4: That's what we're just starting to kind of launch now. So we do everything from large scale banquets um, for Christmas, for big events, um, small groups in the restaurant we can do, customized catered menus that way different things we even will do we haven't set a date yet but sometime in december we'll do um our small business christmas party where if you only have a small business say half a dozen people you can come on the same night and join all the other small businesses and then all get together and make it a big event
1: great idea uh adair thanks so much uh thanks so much for joining us today i know you're off on your holidays have fun up in the mountains and uh be careful i don't know if all are all the bears hibernating yet or do you have to keep an eye out for them
4: We'll keep an eye out
1: for There, okay. They're not. They don't cause any trouble. They're too busy eating grapes, I think. <laughs> yeah, they're
4: too fat on grapes.
1: Thanks so much. Uh, we'll catch up with you soon, okay. Adair.
2: Thank you. Thank
4: you very
1: much. You're welcome, Adair Scott. He's the chef at the Watermark Beach Resort, which, of course, is our home away from home when we're traveling in the South Okanagan, and we'll be back in the South Okanagan uh, early in the new year for our first. Uh, grape escape you're listening to the bc food and wine radio network i'm tony gizmondi
2: i'm casey Wilson. And we'll be
1: right back there's more to come this is the bc food and wine radio network presented in
0: part by wines of british columbia at Savon foods
3: if you could create your dream home would it be a friendly thriving community with endless amenities would it have countless events to liven up your week Is it a place where looking out your window takes your breath away? Well, don't dream, because Predator Ridge already created it. Experience unparalleled Okanagan living with homes starting at 675,000 and over a 1,000 year-round events to fill your social calendar. Test drive the Predator Ridge lifestyle today. See the latest offers at PredatorRidge.com. Barb Hauler, owner of Poplar Grove Winery in the Okanagan. I see world-class wines being grown here. I see the potential for growth in the wine industry, in ecotourism, in everything that the Valley has to offer.
0: And on her winery.
3: It is the best job in the world. I'm in the sunshine all the time. I'm looking out over the lake. There's the birds, there's the crew.
0: Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca.
3: Come and get married in the land of ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort. For you, your family, and your friends. Farm-to-table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating. Deep in wine country.
4: <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio, here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, We're very
1: pleased to have with us in the middle of harvest, uh, or near the end of harvest, I guess, Charlie Basler. He's a winemaker managing partner at Corselet's Vineyard in the Similkameen. Charlie, how are you today?
5: Fantastic.
1: Uh, I hear the sun is out today. That's a, a breakthrough.
5: It is a breakthrough, in fact. The whole week's looking pretty good. So yeah. we're, we got our shears out.
1: So w- what's been happening? I, I know it's been raining, but uh, can you tell our listeners what happens like when it rains? You, why you stop? Why do you stop? How, wh- how does that work?
5: Sure. Well, there's a couple different uh, scenarios there. Of course, when we're holding vibrant leaf canopies, water, of course, is bulks up and can dilute some of our Are are ripening and characteristic of our grapes. Uh, Right after rainfall, it becomes kind of a separate issue. Uh, You know, it's been a combination of just cooler and rainy, so really the perfect storm for some challenges.
1: Yeah, and some possibly some rot as well, I guess. Although it's fairly windy in the Similkameen.
5: It's fairly windy. We've had zero rot, so we feel really fortunate for that. Um, Yeah, we have had really clean fruit. It's just been. We've had to really, uh, you know, be be quick to to pull the shears out in small windows.
1: Yeah, if you have a and if you have sort of a moderate or you know a, a rainfall, how much, how many days do you have to wait again before you can before you think the grapes have you know undiluted themselves? I guess, for lack of better yeah, word, for
5: forty eight hours is a good rule. Okay. Um, you know, as we get later into the year, it gets a little bit challenging because there's only so much time we can we can wait. If you, yeah. Uh, You know, we're at the tail end of it now, so we can see the light, if you will, and and so we're being more patient than ever. But uh, there are some times where, you know, we we just have to make some tough calls and and get the process started. Mm.
2: Charlie, how do you approach picking decisions?
5: Well, it's it's a fine art of uh, chemistry, of course. So we're very uh, vigorous in in sampling our grapes, getting it to the lab. uh, But then, of course, uh, skin texture and just general flavors are are the non-calculatable methods that we use. So uh, typically, I I like to go out to the vineyard and we rub skins between our our fingers and our thumbs. And unless those skins are really leaving color behind or falling apart, kind of uh, really deteriorating in that rubbing motion, to me, it's not ready. It's still a little bit, Young, so uh, it's a combination of many things, and mm-hmm. it's different for different varietals as well. Yes,
1: so you're waiting uh, now till the end. What are you waiting for? What are, are these the, 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 the last maturing varieties? What would that be? Uh,
5: the last stuff to come off is our, our Cabernets and Syrah this year. So yeah, typically Syrah can be a little bit more advanced than it has been, it's been a tough one for Syrah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, uh, we got some Malbec still hanging and Petit Verdot that typically is notorious for coming off last anyway.
1: Uh, I can't uh, get past this photo that you sent me of the new vineyard that you're going to be planting uh, further up the hill. It's such a... Uh, oh, like, it's it,
2: beautiful. It's so
1: spectacular. I think people who don't know the Similkameen or the Okanagan have no idea uh, about the, some of these sites. You, this looks like a real winner to me.
5: It, it is. So it's coming. Uh, you know, we're, we, we've got a, a slow, steady hand here, meaning we, we we're collecting lots of data before we really start um, uh, putting roots in the ground. But I'm very excited. I, I get the same feeling every time I go up there. It's never faded. I get up there and you, you crest the summit and there's this, uh, you know, there's, this, there's more space up there than people typically realize looking from below. Uh, but then the whole environment, the the atmosphere, the the yeah, it's it's a very special site. I'm very mm. excited. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Casey.
2: How good do you think the wines are going to be this year?
5: This year, uh, from all sites, good. Yes. Our whites, uh, our earlier varietals, came off just gorgeous. Everything that we've brought in and. And again, patience has been a large part of that, just to, as I get a bit older, I get a little bit wiser, and, and that's a <laughs> big part. Um, but, but everything that we have brought in has came with that, with that principle of patience, and so we haven't had any uh, we-shouldn't-have moments. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to see a, a great portfolio of wines. It's, it's a challenging year, so we're, we're having to go back to the drawing board. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. Um, you know, we're, we're having to, to flex some particular programs in order to uh, make the most of things. But, um, you know, we're doing a lot of bleed-offs, for example, to concentrate some of our red wine ferments. Um, you know, just to really kind of bring that impact yeah. that people are recognizing in our in our wine. So you know, we we have to uh, we have to roll some punches.
1: Yeah. Well, traditionally, people make a little less wine in these these years, and uh, by doing that, they can concentrate what's left and get a good crop. There just won't be a lot of it. So I think you know that's the up and downs of of farming and winemaking, uh, hardly to not you know to be expected. I think most years,
5: anyways. That's right. You know, the the season has been challenging the whole time. So not just the fall. And so we saw some of these challenges already early in the year. And so being, uh, you know, very uh, aware of that and reducing our crop loads, um, you know, looking at our climate and looking at plant stages at a particular day and time yeah. uh, was important in order to get the volumes right so that we could make the most of the season.
1: Yeah, speaking of getting older, Casey and I are brilliant now because uh, <laughs> oh, we <laughs> we've wish. been getting smarter every year for, for decades. Yeah. <laughs> <That's important. laughs> uh, uh, I wanted to ask you a question about now. Like, let's just say from the first day that you started, now you're at a, you're at a different point uh, of working and farming in the Okanagan. What, what, what's changed in your mind or the way that you think about uh, uh, making wine today, or growing wine, or being in the business? What What have you come to learn that maybe you didn't maybe understand at the beginning?
5: Well, I, I think the uh, the big one, and both for winemaking and and things like pick dates, is in many cases, the best thing to do is nothing. And and so that's been one of the key principles. Uh-huh. You know, we're quick to be very reactive on things. Oh, we, we should do this and we should do it now.
1: Right. And
5: and doing nothing and just letting wines kind of sometimes hold a course for, you know, another couple of days, reassess, um, because, you know, we, we work some long days and, and our minds get tired. And so, uh, you know, again, I, I'm telling this to all of our staff now, like, listen, let's, Last thing to sometimes do is nothing, so let's yeah. just let's pause. Just breathe, and breathe, yeah. Tomorrow. Love <laughs> yeah. it. Uh,
1: we're speaking with Charlie Basler, he's a winemaker, managing partner at Corselet's uh, Winery, which is in uh, the Similkameen Valley, uh, just uh, I, well, well, just west of the Okanagan, uh, and a beautiful spot.
2: Charlie, I am very curious about what producers or wines inspire you.
5: You guys have um, touched on our new vineyard development project, which of course takes us uphill almost 100 meters. And so, um, you know, I, I have to respect a lot of different people's expressions in art and art and the making of wine. And, and I, I, you know, I really um, welcome all of it. Uh, you know, what I've looked at or looked to in the in the recent past has been some of the uh, work that Don Triggs has done with Calmina, and that bringing that type of science and, and research to vineyard development. And so, um, you, you know, I often review or I've chatted with Don about, hey, you know, what are the challenges? What should a guy do? And and so um, I think it's probably something I've really admired about that long-term view of the entire wine business that someone is developing. You know, things can move pretty quickly from year to year on things like barrel programs and wine skews that people are producing, but really that long-term vision of vineyard development and, and, um, and, and how it rolls into what is a, a wine business is, is something that i've admired from kalmina and don tricks yeah
1: you, you i mean you're similkameen based do you see yourself buying some piece of land somewhere else in the okanagan say way up north in uh, uh in summerland or even further north or, or you you think you'll just stick to the similkameen well
5: we I, I so much love the similkameen um you know for us this is a big part of of our brand and our promise to people though certainly the okanagan is making wonderful wines um, you know, I just don't know if there's room over there for me. i kind of kind of like to uh, you know hold the course here in the sino and and really keep uh, bringing that you know, preaching that word i I love yeah. the Valley so much and, and there's really only so much that you know we can do as a smaller family business to to uh to get out. so I kind of like the idea of just staying close to home here and doing a good job of what we do.
1: and do you feel good about what's happening in the community like in in uh, the two communities uh and uh in terms of uh of amenities and things that people visiting the Similkameen can now get involved with besides just, you know, heading out to a winery.
5: You bet. Yeah, every year the valley continues to bring that that interest to to guests, visitors. Um, you know, the the restaurant scenes becoming more and more exciting. There's lots of great B&Bs for people to you know, kind of, it's we're not just that pass-through destination anymore. People really are coming to to stay and enjoy all of it. There's yep. beautiful walking trails, um, so yeah, the Similkameen, um, generally speaking, is a very exciting place to come visit. There's mm. lots of lots of great things going on.
2: And what can we expect? When can we expect your fall wine releases, and what will they be?
5: Well, we are just, yeah, at the turning point of releasing our 2017 red wines. And so um, that is our Merlot, our Meritage. Uh, We've got our our Cabernet Sauvignon Syrah blend. Um, I I should uh, just confirm with my wife, Jessie, but I think we're sold out of a couple of these already that have gone to our wine club membership. So I don't want to get people too excited too quickly. Um, But but yeah, typically our Bordeaux uh, red wine, Syrah included as well, uh, are fall releases. Yeah, so, so that's people. What we're just turning
1: yeah, and people should just uh, uh, go. Actually, go to the website to uh, corseletteswine.ca and then you have the opportunity to either join the club or at least see which wines are uh, available and what you can buy. Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, for the winter months to st- store up a bit and have some fun. I also, uh, I, I, I'm finding that for me now, I'm, I'm putting uh, many uh, Similkameen wines at the top of my aging list. They seem to age. Uh, even better than uh, a lot of the wines in the Okanagan, so I'm pretty happy to see the uh, that uh, I can buy a, a cab or a cab so blend from the uh, from from the Smilkameen and actually age it now for maybe up to ten years easily. So that's a good thing mm-hmm. for collectors.
5: Nice, uh, fresh, natural acidity in all of our wines, and that seems to uh, you know give us ripe, yeah. robust characteristics, lower pH, great ageable wines. You bet.
1: Charlie, we wish you luck with the rest of the harvest. Uh, when you, uh, it, I know it's never done till they're in the house, but it's kind of nice to be get close into the end, and as you say, just waiting now patiently and maybe doing a little less uh, and not panicking and just getting those grapes at the at the perfect moment.
5: We've got a great week of weather ahead of us, and we've got a great team to do it, so yeah. we're all systems go.
1: Okay, thanks so much for joining us today on uh, the show. We're happy uh, we could chat to you, and we can't wait to see you soon up at the winery
5: bet thanks for having me guys have a great day thanks charlie
1: thanks charlie charlie basler he's the winemaker managing partner at corselette's winery in the similkameen valley uh i always say casey when you're driving up to the okanagan when you get to, to the fork in the road just past hope stay to the right take the crow's nest and uh, it'll dump you right out into the middle of the uh, similkameen valley and you can enter uh you know the interior that way it's a great place to stop and buy some
2: wine, and, check out some wineries, And taste grapes from the vine. You've never yeah. tasted, compared to store-bought, you've never tasted anything yeah. like grapes from a vine. And
1: there is a shortcut, really. There's a, there's a triangle shortcut that can take you right to Penticton after you're finished visiting there. So it's not like you're way down south. It'll, it'll still put you out in the middle of the valley. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm Tony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson. And you're
1: listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the VC Food and Wine Radio Network,
0: presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The
3: BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Change is in the air at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery, and they couldn't be happier. Their new wine experience center is currently on schedule for completion later this year, featuring completely rejuvenated vineyards for even better vintages. In the meantime, during the ongoing changes, Mount Boucherie's wine shop will still be open daily from 11 till 5 for tastings. And if you can't come to the mountain, let the mountain come to you. Visit them online at mtboucherie.com. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery, our roots run deep.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio, here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson.
1: Hey, we're excited to have Phil McGann with us today. Uh, Of course, Phil, the winemaker at Checkmate Winery down in the South Okanagan uh, in the middle of the harvest and we've caught up with them. It's so great to see you. Phil, are you, uh, how are you making out? Sleeping? Yeah, good, not thanks, Tony. Yeah, and Casey.
6: Um, yeah, sleeping all right. The Did, rain's keeping up a bit at night at the moment.
1: You've got a new winery going on or a big new renovation. Did you get a bed and everything built into your <laughs> office? Or?
6: I should do, but no, not quite. Um, no? We're, uh, we're managing to work around each other. It's, go, it's going quite well. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, well, maybe you should tell people, because last time we talked, you had this glass box out to, in front and you do all the tastings there. What are you doing to the to the property? What can people expect?
6: Okay, well, in the new year, the the new tasting hospitality uh, centre should be open uh, in time for the season. So what we're going to have is a number of different zones. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have a nice uh, public tasting area with a a long bar where people can come in and do uh, an informal tasting um and and be it'll be dedicated to that sort of tasting which will be good that's something that we struggle with at the moment is people who have uh, bookings ahead of time and people who just show up who show up and yep. it's it can be hard to balance that so that'll be nice to have that dedicated area yeah and for people who make tasting uh, bookings in advance or for wine club members they can come in and taste in a private tasting salon which will be uh, discreetly off to the side mm-hmm. and then we'll also have um, a summer uh, in the summertime, we'll have an, an outdoor tasting area on a kind of cantilevered balcony. Oh, it looks down to the looks down into the U.S. Yeah, down all the, the way down to the cross yeah. the border. Fantastic.
2: So it, now it's the installation that people would visit. They pop up.
6: Yeah, the pop-up, and that will be in place throughout the remainder of the season, but that will that will be gone by next year, and we'll, yeah. we'll have a new centre. So it's
1: yeah. going quick and smooth, is what you're saying.
6: It is going pretty <laughs> quick and smooth, <laughs> in a relative sense, so yeah, it's going well. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, uh, we had a great jo- there was There's a little stone wall there. I think there was about 10 drafts of it. I just love the, the... Oh, the, the stone walls, the, yeah, that the, was the, pretty. The precision of Anthony, like, so, you know, until he gets the wall he wants, so, but folks, it's going to be a great-looking uh, facility, and better than the property, which is always interesting, but you've done a lot of work. Work in the vineyard. You've got a new vineyard. Uh, you planted a new site, and how is it looking now? At the end of the season, after it's grown, it's in?
6: coming coming along nicely. We've planted um, in total, we've planted 12 new blocks um, yeah. on the property, um, mostly to Chardonnay. There'll be one new Merlot block, um, but we're bringing in a, a more diversity of Chardonnay clones, yeah, uh, and all high density plantings too. So, more. what
1: does that mean for people like wine drinkers? So, you, you're planting new blocks of new clones. What, what are you putting in there, and what will be the out?
6: How will that end up? Well, some of them are out of the United States, what they call in the U.S. Uh, heritage clones, so yep. they trace back to a particular vineyard in the U.S. Um, some are known for their fruit characteristics, some are known for a stony and uh, steely element they bring to wines. Yeah, We're also uh, planning some of the more recent Dijon uh, selections the out of, out of France, yep. um, which are more fruit-driven in, in character than, mm-hmm. than some of the U.S. ones. And we've also done some of the selection marsal or mass, mass selection blocks as well, Yeah, which can give you a wine that... Um, you have things ripening at different times. It can be quite a funky kind of wine at the end.
1: We're talking yeah. with Phil McGann. He's a winemaker at Checkmate uh, Artisanal Winery. Phil, uh, you also have one of the oldest. Uh, well, I think it is the oldest Chardonnay vineyard in BC for sure. Maybe in
6: Canada. I don't yeah, know if that's been researched be. or. I uh, think it's one of the oldest. So that's that's for sure. Yeah. So.
1: What's so important about an old vineyard? Like, well, how does that? I think it it's quality.
6: the intensity of flavours that you get from old vines. Uh, they're very self-regulating in the crops that they give you. Um, and I think you'll see it in two of the wines that we're trying today. We're doing the, doing the two old vine Chardonnays yep. uh, we're tasting today. So I think um, they're part of history to me. They just bring character to a wine. Um, and it's just lovely to see how they've... You see the way things were planted 40, 50 years ago to how we do it now. Yeah. And there's a certain rusticity in how it was done, but they're producing these magnificent wines.
1: Uh, Casey, we're going to uh, taste, uh, well, actually, you know, two wines, foc- two types of wine: Chardonnay and Merlot. This is the focus at, at uh, Checkmate. We're going to start with the uh, wine that's captured your heart,
2: Casey. Yes, I love this Chardonnay. It's a 2016 capture.
6: 2016 capture, yeah. 2016 is fast becoming one of my favorite vintages here in the Valley. So it was great. very much a, a cool, classic uh, year. It's um, I'd say it's the coolest year that I've been here. Um, I think 13 would be the, the next coolest, and I think in some ways 19 will end up being quite a cool year as well. Wow.
2: So this was a, a challenging year for you? Uh, not necessarily. Not for Chardonnay,
6: Not so much for Chardonnay because Chardonnay is an early ripener, so you yep. get consistency in ripening. Um, what you do get is a lovely acidity in these wines. Freshness. Freshness. The, to me, you get this beautiful orchard blossom character that is consistently we get from the Borde Vista vineyard where it captures from. And that what I really love about the back palate of this wine is this graphite kind of uh finish that you get at the back
1: orchard blossom so when when the blossoms are off in the in the orchard and you're walking through (laughs) reading poetry and and you smell that smell is that what you're talking about pretty
6: pretty much i uh where we live we actually live above um some orchards yeah um uh just on off a bench road outside penticton so i get that character you know
1: kathy malone talks about that all the time in naramata about this orchard blossom like she just Thinks it's one of the greatest things when you find that in your wine. Oh, but you get it, yeah. This no, wine is good. so fresh. This, uh, I know you 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 practice some new techniques. You traveled to Burgundy. You saw a couple of things you liked. Uh, uh, could we talk? Can we explain what you do with stainless steel now at the? Yeah, end of the
6: main thing at the end of the ferment, which I, I learned in Burgundy, was um, what they call the iron ox, or time in stainless steel. Yeah, I'm probably at the very marginal end of it compared to what they do in Burgundy. But I, I put the wines to stainless steel for about two months before we bottle. Out of oak barrels? Out of oak. So about steel. 16 months in oak, two months in stainless steel. They, and since I've been doing it, the wines are much – Tighten have, up. They tighten up, and they take a long time to really open up, which gives more longevity in the bottle.
1: Maybe so. you and I should go in stainless steel for a couple of months <laughs> every <laughs> year. <laughs> Might be the secret for my
6: aging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tighten up a bit. Yeah.
2: Uh, How you, important is oak in Chardonnay?
6: Uh, there's no right or wrong way to make Chardonnay. For me, stylistically, I think it suits the style that, that I want to make. So to me, it, it's fairly fundamental to what we do at Checkmate. But you'll find different winemakers have very different views on, on oak. And some, some winemakers don't like it. Some people do. Uh, some people the public do like it. Some, some like so, more
1: new, some like less new wood. But uh, To me,
6: it's about uh, balance. Uh, and bring synergy with the wine rather than dominating the wine. Which is Well, we if they don't
2: do. like using oak, they should taste this Capture Chardonnay. It's yeah, yeah we
6: do yard. manage to convert a few people. Pretty over. clean. Yeah. Yes,
1: beautiful. And it, well, for me, oak is about oxygen more than wood. It's getting some air on wine that wine develop. and that's yeah. the wine develop. But okay, so we have three wines here. We did the Capture. We have two more Chardonnays. We have three very different Chardonnays, which is kind of the concept. Yep. At, at checkmate so what what is a simple way to walk us through these three to start just so, to look at them
6: all made the same uh capture is a representation of the sandy soils around a lake and the okay. warmer sites the next one's queen taken is from the old declaver vines planted in 75 uh queen's advantage from the combray vines planted in 73 both on the golden mile bench both mm-hmm. in these rocky soils that have good clay content and a lot of uh not just gravel, but a lot of actual rocks and boulders.
1: So the rock versus the sand—is that mm-hmm. a? Will that be a texture thing? We—it'll would It'll find be it a in very the wine? different
6: texture. You'll get a you'll get a minerality coming through at the back of these wines. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll also get a, a savoury element coming through the Queen Taken, uh, and a floral note from the Declaver selection uh, in there. And from the um, Queen's Advantage, you get very classic Chardonnay uh, aromas on the nose, but there's a brightness and, and loveliness to the wines, both on the on the on the nose and the palate.
1: Wow. I really like uh, the evolution of the wines
6: from uh,
1: the f- your first wine was was it twenty thirteen yeah yeah so we already see an evolution there's mm-hmm. a it's a leaner fresher style than the first ones yeah. I don't know if that's fair but
6: no I, I would agree I think it's a combination of getting to uh, know the vineyards better and yeah. also uh, evolution in winemaking
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you made a lot of wine in California mm-hmm. uh, what would you s- describe the difference between Sonoma and, and uh, the Okanagan, for uh, you, what are some of the Sonoma
6: is much uh, stronger, richer characteristics from a very long growing season. That um, And whereas Cal- uh, the Okanagan is very much a short growing season, around four and a half months, yeah. really pure fruit coming in, skin's intact very elegant flavors, but also nice fruit, but you really get the elements of the soil coming through. Uh,
1: you have a great uh, family relationship with your family. I want to ask you about your father. I think he was a big influence on you. <laughs> oh,
6: yeah, he was. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, this is the time of the year when we all worry about rain during the harvest. Can you tell us a story about you and your dad out in the, oh, out on the farm uh, on back the farm, in the day?
6: Out on the farm there in Dolby back in the day. Yeah. We uh, grew up on like a, a treeless black soil plain, which is part of Australia's wheat belt. So, We'd go out there in the afternoon, we used to watch the sunset. It was as flat as far as the eye could see and every day I go out there with Day Out was about eight or nine He'd go, Here you go, You go, Sun. The Russians don't have this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd say the next then he'd say, It's gonna rain tomorrow. I go, Yeah, sure, Dad. <laughs> and, and, and the and next and day, it never rained it never rained. <laughs> it was the same thing all over again. So great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah those gotta be I, I think those are wonderful memories to have when you're walking in the vineyard, you know, just to
6: Well it's 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 comforting too in time in in difficult harvest, like when we have rain like this now. I think what would Dad be doing? He'd have a philosophical yeah. attitude to yes. it. But so like you just gotta stay positive. Yeah. Make
1: the Phil, these wines are just great. The 2016s now, uh, Where, when can people buy these wines? They're, they're ready to go? or they These
6: will be released in our upcoming fall club shipment. So yeah. it uh, comes out in October.
1: So people need to join the club to yep. get the notice yeah, for, for all that. Yeah, people in
6: the club, uh, there'll be the notice about that. We're releasing the three of the 2016 Chardonnays and also the last two of our 2015 Melos, the yeah. Odening Gambit and the Black Rook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also a library wine as and well.
1: And you're going to make a bit of wine in between all that too. Yeah, a few wines to be made yeah. And then yeah. what, Hawaii for six months? Or?
6: Oh, if only, no. <laughs> shepherding the wines through to make sure they're fine through our melon. Maybe yeah. take some time at Christmas. So. Uh, yeah. s-
1: so great to catch up with you. We just love what you're doing at Checkmate. And, uh, you know, I was talking last night about the name. I, was, I wasn't I was suspect about the name at the beginning, but I just thought Checkmate Chess, like what has that got to do with wine? But everybody I meet talks about Checkmate now. That's such no, a people great People have really embraced the. I, uh, I, I want to say it's and a the brand. The it's not a brand, but it's a brand. Like, people have really glommed onto that name. Yeah. And. Uh,
6: and, of course, I tell everyone I'm a good chess player. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but I assume your son kills you every time you play him.
6: I, I might have told you that once. Yeah, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah.
1: Uh, Phil McGann, so great to catch up with you. Uh, folks, sign up. Get onto the Checkmate uh, Club list so when you go there they can look after you properly. And uh, we look forward to seeing you as soon as the new winery uh, opens uh, this spring, hopefully. Yeah, me too. It'll be, yeah. be great. Thanks yeah. so much, Phil. Okay. Great to taste so. your thanks, wines. Right, thank you. Uh, you're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Plenty more to come up on the show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson. We'll be
1: right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food
0: and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon
3: Foods. Culmina Family Estate Winery reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Culmina's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Culmina wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Culmina's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit culmina.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and
1: science. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. I invite you to experience the finest that Naramata Bench has to offer. Terroir to table cuisine and crafted
0: wines made exclusively from Naramata grown grapes. Delight your senses as you sit back,
1: slow down and savor our locally inspired food and wine. Enjoy a fresh take on dining with the Bistro's new shared plate menu. Come discover and taste the difference at Hillside Winery and Bistro, located in the heart of the Naramata Bench, just minutes from Penticton.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson. And
1: uh, we're going to have some fun this segment. We're going to talk a bit about uh, our fall wine bucket list uh, for events around uh, the region that you might want to attend. Uh, starting with something that's very new. And uh, I think, I hope it's going to be a great event. It looks super exciting. And uh, the reason I say that is because uh, if I go to another stand up walk around wine tasting, uh, I may die. Because they're all the same, Casey. There's no innovation. There's no, I don't know. I'm just looking for something a little bit different. I'm sure the millennials and everybody else are too.
2: I think so. And they're hard work, especially
1: for you when you go to an event What are we talking about? We're talking about a celebration of the science of wine. It's going to be held uh, at the Science World building in Vancouver. And it's it's, uh, going to be a, a collaboration along with uh, what I'm calling the wineries of Anthony von Mandel. Yes, so right. Mission Hill, Martin's Lane, Checkmate, Cedar Creek, and Road 13. Those five wineries are the ones that will be participating. And folks, they're bringing real wines. Uh, I'm I just going through the wines this week. Many of the wines, 80, 100, 125 bucks a bottle. What they'll be pouring uh, throughout the evening. So that's a number one plus for me, high quality wines. They're sending all five winemakers, uh, or four winemakers, plus uh, from Road 13, they're sending Joe Luckhurst, who's the general manager. Uh, They just purchased that winery about a year ago. So you're going to be able to talk to Shane Munn from Martins Lane. You're going to be able to talk to Phil McGann from Checkmate, uh, Taylor uh, Whelan from Cedar Creek. And uh, the new winemaker that many people haven't met, uh, Ben Bryant from Mission Hill Winery, along with uh, uh, other Mission Hill folks that will be in the room. and uh, So it's going to be a great night. And then, Casey, there's a bunch of uh, seminars uh, that they're working with, uh, interactive seminars, Q&As, hands-on activity with the Science World staff and these wineries uh, to look at the science behind uh, wine.
2: And Tony, if you look at the money behind wine, how much would you say the value of the wine's being poured? If you went out and bought every wine that's being poured, what would the value be?
1: Uh, I'm just going to say quickly, uh, probably about twenty-five, uh, about 2000 bucks, maybe.
2: And the tickets are $89.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great night. And of course, there's also going to be food, Casey, because they're bringing the chef from uh, Cedar Creek. And they're bringing the chef from Mission Hill as well to prepare uh, bites of food, and, and they'll be served. So they'll be matched probably perfectly, <laughs> because they're dealing with the wines all the time, and they'll be serving them uh, throughout the evening. So folks, uh, I would uh, ha- I would go to to uh, online to uncorked uh, celebration of the science of wine. Just go to uh, Science World, and uh, all the information is there. The tickets, of course, are eighty nine dollars. And, uh, as typical as uh, Anthony is, uh, he's such a generous guy, uh, all of this money, all of the money that's raised will go to uh, help students, uh, to take life science performances to students throughout British Columbia who otherwise uh, may not have a chance to visit. Uh, the TELUS World of Science. Last year they went to uh, 41,500 students around the province. So wow, it's and a great collaboration.
2: The event is Uncorked, a celebration of the science of wine, Thursday, November 14th, 7 to 10 p.m. at Science
1: World. Yep, and uh, just go to Science World online and uh, you can grab yourself a ticket. Uh, Casey, you're heading up to Whistler for, uh, I think, it's is it year 15 now? or No, th- it's the
2: ninth year of the Barefoot Bistro World Oyster Invitational, and Bloody Caesar Battle. Yeah, which is part of
1: Cornucopia, which is, I think, now 15 years old at least. It is, and And
2: I'll be judging the Bloody Caesars, and you've (laughs) never seen anything as creative as the... As a Bloody Caesar? As the Bloody Caesar, and they often pair it with food... It's just absolutely amazing. All I can think of is the
1: people who order Bloody Caesars the morning after. Uh, yes. They've been, you know, partying. Wow. When you see
2: <laughs> these, it'll be all you'll be ordering when you yeah. go out for a cocktail.
1: Uh, well, it's a big time event. If it's at the Barefoot Bistro, uh, Andre always uh, puts on the dog, as they say. So there'll be, you say, there's always plenty of food and there's plenty to drink as well.
2: Yes. And And it's an
1: entertaining evening.
2: Very entertaining. The food's so authentic and diverse. It's just, it's a very impressive event. Probably one of the most impressive events up at Cornucopia. November 17th, the price is $128. I would definitely get online, and you will have the best party of your life, Mm. as I do every year.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And that's on a Sunday afternoon, right? It's like it is. Three, 3 o'clock till 7, I believe, Yes, uh, is the time period. So you have plenty of time to uh, uh, enjoy that event. And uh, the
2: party goes on afterward, Tony, as you know. Yeah. Andre, uh, barefoot, make sure that happens.
1: Sure. Also, uh, as we mentioned, it's part of Cornucopia. So really, folks, if you're interested in... Uh, Cornucopia is now expanded into a full, I believe, 10-day event so uh, the best thing to do is to go to WhistlerCornucopia.com and have a look at the schedule. Uh, a couple of things we're looking at— at least one for sure—was uh, Araxes has an intimate uh, wine dinner series every year. This year they're doing it with uh, Burrowing Owl Estate. Remember when it was Antonori or yes, was, I it know it was Chapoutier uh, or it was Tatinje. Uh, uh, and now uh, there's so much demand for local wine and local wineries, so good for them. Brewing Owl will host this evening at Araxi, and that's on November 6th. It's a $159 dinner, uh, all in. And of course, it's multi course with a pile of wines. And uh, the great thing about Whistler is most people stay there and they just walk to their room. So it's, uh, it's And the a,
2: great thing about uh, going to. Uh, Araxi is executive chef James Waltz, yeah. regional farm-to-table cuisine.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a good way to spend a few days in November, especially when it's cold and rainy and foggy and maybe even snowing a bit. Uh, just to be in Whistler Village is kind of nice. Oh, it is. It's so much fun. Get that winter coat on. And for Anissa, about 15 sweaters because she's At always... At least, exactly. She's always freezing to death in this studio, so... Uh, Okay, well, that's that. Uh, Casey, what else have we got here?
2: Well, it's Halloween, Tony. Uh-huh. So there's kind of a... Well, this is a really fun event and at uh, Bench 1775 oh, yeah. on it's, the Naramata it's, Bench. It's become a regular event. All Hallows' Eve silent disco. This is the weirdest thing. $30. This is so much fun. It's... November 1st, 7 to 10 p.m., and a silent disco is where everybody uh, gets a headset a headset like yeah. we wear. Yeah. And each person gets different disco music into their they, headset. They
1: dance to their own music yes. with someone else on the floor who's dancing to their own music. Well, everybody on the floor is. Oh, it's I, I just, have so it's, much fun. It's so bizarre. I love it.
2: And you get a complimentary drink and shuttle from the Penticton Lakeside Resort.
1: Yeah. You know what it makes me think of, Casey, doing, uh, like, next week I'm, I'm going up to do the Judgment of B.C. Now imagine if all the judges had headsets on, Yes, and, and they were all listening to different music, rock, classic, whatever, while they're judging those five wines. I wonder how the scores would go. Yeah,
2: that's a very interesting <laughs> they, idea. They
1: could, we could have fun with that. I don't know if it would be fair to the wines, but uh, well,
2: you've got one crazy guy I've met that judges Tony. He's always in bare feet and a headset. Yeah, with Bill Sarque
1: from Montreal. Yeah. So
2: how does how does his
1: uh, Scores
2: line up. Yeah,
1: they're out there, but then we just thought he's out there, but maybe it is the music.
2: <laughs> True enough. Uh,
1: anyway, great event, and of course uh, Val Tate, Valerie Tate, is uh, Valeria Tate is the winemaker. They're doing a great job at 1775, and really uh, she is nailing the fruit component of Naramata Wines and having great success with that. So check that event out. Also uh, down further south at Desert Hills, uh, on the same night, November 1st, 6 to 10, uh, they're having a harvest dinner at a modest $80 a head. I like that uh, for club members and 100 for the general public. It'll be a multi-course tasting. Of course, Desert Hills placed, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but they were in the top 10, high up in the top 10 this year uh, for the uh, National Wine Awards. So so they're quietly sneaking uh, forward uh, in the uh, quality department down there, and it's it's fun to see. Uh, nice wines there. I love their Syrah.
2: Yes, they uh, do. A g- they, they've been great growing. Job. It. Well,
1: they've been growing grapes forever, the family, and now they're uh, they've been in the wine business for more than a decade. So,
2: so the Desert Hills event. It's their harvest dinner. There's only 35 seats. Yep. So it's going. You know, it's it's a very focused dinner. The food will be amazing. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. So you know that's a pretty good evening. 80 dollars if you're a wine club member. 100 for general public.
1: Yep. And Casey, did you have one more that you were going to chat about? It was a
2: yeah. There's a really local one. Local one, and it's called instead of Halloween, it's called Halloween. It's ten dollars Saturday and Sunday in Langley at Festina Lente Estate Winery and Meadery, and ticket holders may choose for from one free fall-themed flight or a tasting and that's Saturday, October 26th, and Sunday, October 27th, if you're in the area, $10. I mean, that's a steal.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, well, lots going on in the fall. Uh, also, just uh, it's such a great time for, for food and wine. So many events are happening around the city, so be we'll try and keep you up to date as we head into the holiday season. Uh, by the way, is our Christmas party pl- planned yet? Casey? It's planned, Tony. Are, are we inviting all the listeners, or is this a... No, I, th- I, th- one?
2: I think it's going to be a private one on uh-huh. December fourth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, look forward to that. Oh, you just gave the date out. I did. Oh my God. Uh, okay, folks, uh, th- that's uh, pretty much all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed the show uh, here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. And of course, it's always a pleasure to be talking to you in uh, Kelowna, Victoria, Kamloops, all across the South Okanagan. Uh, and, of course, to our home listeners here at uh, BNN uh, Radio in Vancouver. Uh, that's it for us. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'm Tony Gizmondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll
1: see you next week. That's it for today's show.
0: Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the B.C. Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.